If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 40 of We Say Things, sponsored by Absolutely Nobody, with special guests. We're, not, we're just going to ignore Cinder completely. Special guest, Blake Hello. Martinez, who is an NFL player. He has been a starting linebacker for the Green Bay Packers as of recently. And of course, why else would we have you on the show, Blake? The fact that you are a hardcore Dota fan. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. I'm glad to be on with you guys. Um, excited to talk some video games. Cinder, and let's get your intro over with. How are you? I'm excited to talk some football. Good, good. <laughs> a lot of our viewers are from Europe, so they will so think soccer. that you're a soccer player. <laughs> That's why I said NFL <laughs> specifically. Um, before we get started, Blake, do you remember how we met by any chance? There's uh, only one right answer here, Blake. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure it wasn't... If no, because say this, I'm pretty sure it was, the Colorado, yes. it was the Colorado TI, wasn't it? The uh, it qualifiers? Was, I, I couldn't remember either. It's like, yeah, qualifiers for something like Kiev Major or something. I can't we, remember, yeah. We met in person, and you were my roommate for like a yep. week, and we talked a lot of shit. <laughs> it, it was, was. a lot of fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But I actually don't remember how we connected to begin with. It was like through Twitter somehow. Do you remember by any chance? Um, this is your second chance to say yes and hope he doesn't ask you to elaborate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I already said I don't remember because uh, I don't remember who connected with each other. Like, did I wow, contact you're such you a bad or friend. you contact me? I, I, I have a goldfish for it was... Good. We need, All I remember, me. though, is when I first started Twitch, you guys, Moonduck, obviously you, or oh. someone there, like, basically reached out to me or like, hey, are you like still going to be super into Twitch? And then you guys hosted me after one of your guys' tournaments, and I had That's like right. twenty six thousand people watch me on like my second stream or something. That's right. It, I do remember that now. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for those that aren't aware of what remember. we do, no, I I, I vaguely remember. Um, <laughs> people that don't know what we do on our guest podcasts, we it's not the typical show here, so we're gonna. Do a little rapid-fire initiation for you, Blake. Very hard sure. questions for you. Then we'll talk about your life, how it connects to Dota, the NFL, etc. And then we'll end with trivia, okay? Cinder Deal. isn't really a part of this episode. He's just here for show. I'm, I'm sure here. it's pretty yeah. nice. Okay. Sure. Which so is I'm just ugly than usual today, so that's perfect. <laughs> rapid-fire initiation, Blake. you got to answer real fast, oh, okay? Gosh. You can do this. These I'm are very ready. difficult. Okay. Rhinoceros <laughs> or Hippo. Hippo. Spider-Man or Captain America? Spider-Man. Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Um, No, I'm sure you Coke. Good. Cake or pie? (laughs) Ooh, cake. Oh, my God. The first guest ever to get four out of four correct. Congratulations. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, the arbitrary (laughs) rapid fire. Beautiful. Okay. 
So what I want to talk about is your early life as we get into like your gaming and your your football career and whatnot. So tell us where you grew up, what were you like or what your life was like early on, just anything that you think would be interesting to highlight. Um yeah, I mean, so growing up, I started playing football when I was 6 um until I was about like 9 years old and then I was kind of too big to play flag football anymore. Um so my dad brought me to go play tackle football and I went one practice in, cried, left the field cuz I didn't wear <laughs> I didn't like wearing pads. And so I went to soccer, or I guess the normal football, for two years. Um, really? Wow. And so I played soccer for two years. And then my dad got me back into football, tried it out again. Cried um, again. And, yeah, I actually did end up crying <laughs> again, but got talked back into it playing just because I was bigger than all the other kids out there. And so my dad was like, hey, we're going to play. You're going to keep going. My uncle talked me back into playing. So I ended up. Sticking with it, liking it after a couple weeks, um, and played football ever since. And then uh-huh. grew up in Tucson, Arizona, um, about an hour and a half away from Sunsman. And hold on, I have to stop here for Doxed. a second. Doxed. I have to stop here for a second. <laughs> I know you're going to be biased here, but we need to have a talk here. What is what? I've had conversations with people from Tucson. What do you consider a better city overall, Phoenix or Tucson? I'd say Phoenix. I'd say Tucson's wow. Tucson's getting there, but it's like basically <laughs> like the cheaper version of Phoenix. That's a very, that's a very <laughs> nice way of saying. It. Especially certain parts. Of it. Yeah, it's really yeah there's certain. I mean, the the University of Arizona is really nice compared to ASU. No, yeah, sure. uh, but okay, like there's sorry. a main strip of right down there called speedway and it's literally i think it was ranked like top five worst roads <laughs> in the united states and i was it's just like it's bad like cinder if yeah. you ever come visit we can just take an hour drive uh we can go on speedway yeah just Give go on speedway. I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just smiling i have no idea what anything is to me phoenix is a creature not a fucking city you know like <laughs> that's true, <laughs> that's true. All right, sorry. sorry uh continue so you were uh you, you finally got into football after much convincing Oh, yeah. Um, And then basically to keep finishing this football or the sports stuff, um, ended up going to my first high school where all my like buddies and everything were from. And we went, it was called Mountain View. Um, Ended up playing there for a year. They were really bad at football. uh, So I ended up switching high schools uh, to my dad's coach's high school or my dad's coach from his high school started coaching another high school at the time. And so I ended up going there for a year. Bunch of stuff happened where they thought I was being recruited, um, cheated to be a part of the team, all these kind of uh, AIA, which is the league that our high school's in, like rules they thought I violated to switch schools. Wow, Um, drama. So... My parents ended up having to go to court for me for like a couple months to try to get me back on the football team. So I couldn't play football during that time. This is high school? Yeah, this is high school, my sophomore wow. year in high school. And so Damn. ended up... You go to court to play in high school? Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was that a lot is, that. wow. Like the, yeah. the issues you're talking about, have you heard of the NCAA, Cinderin? 
Uh, it sounds like something you put in drinks. What is it that's okay. called? The thing. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Why are you Listen wanting? up. Listen up here. This, it's a thing in energy drinks, right? NCA energy drinks. Close enough. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, anyway. Now you're on another list, Blake. Good job. For people that don't know, it's like a college association. Basically, like if you want to go professional sports in pretty much anything, NCAA is usually the stepping stone for that. It's college sports. They have all these rules and people break them. Like there's always a lot of loopholes and they have a lot of uh, like a lot of people hate the NCAA currently because of the way that they kind of manipulate, especially for basketball. I don't know how it is for football, but I've never heard of this for high school football. That's kind of no, yeah. crazy. It was uh, it was intense. Like I went to I'd go to school um, while it was happening. And so at the time we were, I think, like seven and one. And once I got like this whole accusation had to go to court and everything. We had to forfeit all of our games that I played in. But like, <sighs> since I was, a, since I was a minor, they couldn't put my name out there in the like newspaper. And so every time I went to school, all the kids would like ask me, um, like Blake, who's ruining our season. Like, I can't believe this guy, like, let me know his name, blah, blah. blah. Like I'll take care of it. Like also to add to this, hmm. Santa Rita is like an extremely ghetto school. There was like, <laughs> People found dead like right outside. Like oh it was just extremely. Goodness. It's all. It was real bad. Like, and it's because no, we, they thought they ruined the season. Exactly. Exactly. They, find, they thought the six people were like. Those, yeah. It was, <laughs> um, anyways. So yeah, it was. You guys think there's drama in Dota? My goodness. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> yeah, now we go to high school football. We have it easy, man. <laughs> this is nothing. But yeah, so ended up winning the whatever I guess legal suit. Um, Got back on the team, ended up playing. Since that whole situation happened, my parents decided to I've switched schools again. And so we switched schools again. I ended up at a place called Canyon Del Oro. Um, played two years there. Uh, near Going into my senior year, my mom, or I made a highlight tape, and my mom sent it out to Stanford and Oregon. Um, and they both reached back like a week later and were like, Hey, come to our camps. One's on the 20th, one's on the 21st. Um, so I went to the Stanford camp on the 20th of June and then went to the Oregon camp, flew that night, went to the Oregon camp the 21st, uh, about a week later, Stanford offered me. And then a month later, Oregon offered me and I ended up going to Stanford because my parents would have killed me if I didn't. <laughs> and then played Stanford for four years. Went to the combine. Went to the NFL draft. Hold on, yeah. we'll get to that. That's going to be its own yeah. section. That's the that's, that's the early years. To... Okay, cool. So actually, in... I'm kind of. I have a question, mm-hmm. Shannon. Go here. ahead. You have Go to on. let me ask questions when I have them because you're going to ask a hundred. So I can have like two. What is? I, I've seen a few clips from this combine because we have like. I don't think we have anything comparable to that in european sports to like the magnitude and the importance you put on the combine like what is that event like because the presentation that you see you just see these highlight clips of somebody running really fast or doing some really good throws or whatever like is that like super stressful how do you prepare for it is it kind of like an exam in sports that you do or what's the yeah so basically like right when i finished my season my senior year around is like january 1st when we ended I instantly went to a training facility, um, trained there for, I think it was eight weeks, and then flew to the Combines in Indy, Indiana, 
Indianapolis. Um, and we went there. You basically get like shuttled in and like buses with a bunch of different prospects. You show up at like five in the morning, get all your gear that you're going to wear every day. Um, and from then on, you basically are taken from room to room to room and you're meeting with coaches you're meeting with medical staff basically from like four in the morning till 12 at night and it's like the worst thing ever and so each day will be like something new each morning like four o'clock in the morning you're doing drug tests and then you'll do meetings from probably eight o'clock to 12 o'clock and then from there you'll do field work and then you'll go from field work to this like train station which in the train station you have all 32 teams with coaches and they're talking to you asking you questions you have to draw certain plays that you had they'll ask you about your defensive scheme they'll ask you about your eating habits they'll ask you about anything you can possibly think of to try to like see what you're about, see your personality. And then also on top of that, they'll try to like get under your skin where they'll like make fun of you while you're answering questions. Um, Really? Do whatever they can think of really to like start poking you with a stick. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting process. So I I thought this combine thing was one day because the way it's presented, it seems like a one day event, right? The way at least, to me, when I see this, it looks like, okay, there's this day where you do all these these running tests and whatnot. How long does this take? You make it sound like it's like a whole ordeal over a week that you're coming in and out. And Yeah, so it's basically you get there, um, I think, Monday. And then, so it all depends on, like, when you're given time to, like, perform is. Mm-hmm. So, like, typically first is... Um, like D-line, offensive linemen, the big guys. And then it goes like quarterbacks, running backs, then linebackers, DBs, and stuff like that. So depending on which day you are, you show up five days before. And you basically, for five days straight, you're doing all the stuff I was talking about from drug tests to Mm -hmm. medical exams, um, where they're like basically 10 doctors poking and prodding you um, in a room and literally have like, 20 people around in this room and they're like, all right, this shoulder is like a little tweaked. This knee um, seems like it has like a bruise on it. This ankle kind of like makes a noise when it cracks a little bit, like random stuff like that to like make sure they have all the information. And then once you go through all these rooms, they can tell you like, Hey, we want an MRI on your ankle. We want a X-ray on your back. We want a something, something, something. Um, to like see if something's injured or if you have like a potential risk that if we wow. draft you and you will end up having to sit out because of it. Um, but yeah, so the medical stuff, then meeting with coaches, um, the unofficial meetings, the official meetings, and then there's like Hall of Famers and stuff. And that there's like many meetings and stuff like that where you talk to them and you have insight of like what it's like being in the NFL um and things like that so how many last question Shen, and then you can go on i promise how many people make it from the combine into the season do you think like relatively what's your guess uh, like percentage 
I'd probably say a decent amount. I'd say at least above 50%. Above 50? Yeah. Okay. That's So normally to like get invited to the combine, you have to be – like not everybody gets invited to the combine. So like mm-hmm. only – I think it's like 300 prospects out of like – I don't know how many there are obviously of in the college realm. So like right. – 300 are invited and 200 will end up being like drafted. Okay. So two thirds. Exactly. Okay. All right. Let's transition quickly from football to gaming. Uh, Early in life, how did you get into gaming? What did you play? And then how did you get into Dota specifically? Yeah. So I started gaming before I started sports, um, just from literally anything from played. Uh, Atari played arcade games from Galaga to Dig Dug to Pac-Man. My dad was like in in love with all of those games. And so played a lot of those games, played the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, played all those games from Gauntlet Legends was my number one game on PlayStation. If any of you guys played that game, Uh, great game. I never had a PlayStation. Yeah, so played... That um, GameCube was a lot of my buddies had wow. that. So like GoldenEye 007, played that mm-hmm. on that a lot. Um, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, literally on and on. Basically me and my cousin um, <laughs> would, so my dad's like super into sports, super into us like not staying up late and not sta- sleeping in. And so whenever I slept in past like 7.30 or something, he would wake me up and I'd have to do a bunch of chores. So like I'd purposely wake myself up earlier so I didn't have to do chores. Um, so we would go to my grand grandparents' house because my grandparents were like, didn't really care and we can get away with everything. And we could stay up as long as we want, go to Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster. Um, Blockbuster, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to Blockbuster, get candy, get a new game each and every day, try to beat it. Um, and we just stay up all night long with Coke and not Coca Cola. There it is. Coca Cola. <laughs> you, you need to specify these days. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> he passed the combine, Shannon. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so started playing games all the time. Loved it. And then my cousin started playing. Uh, we played Warcraft three a lot, like a bunch. And right before I started getting into the mods of Warcraft 3, which would have eventually got me into Dota 2, uh, my dad basically was like, hey, you need to stay or strict with football, kind of not play as much video games. So kind of exonate that and would play video games every now and then still like with my buddies, but it was more like Madden, MLB, um, things mm-hmm. like that, sports games. And then went to college, um, still same thing, until one day, my sophomore year in college, my buddies came over and they were like, hey, we're going to play this game called Dota 2. My brother plays it all the time. Um, let's try to play it. And I was like, oh, like, I'm, I'm doing football. And I've told this story before um, at the Moonduck event. But basically, all my buddies came in and... They were playing, and I was like, I'm not going to play. And so my roommate, um, he ended up making me an account for this game and didn't tell me what my name was. 
Um, and so a couple of days go by, they're still playing it. They have like four fold out chairs. Everybody has a laptop gaming, a whole land event and ends up. I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm going to try to play it. What account did you give me? What's my name? And so my buddy thought it'd be funny. Um, I guess I could say it on here. Yeah. Uh, gave me the yeah. name Pussyfucker69. <laughs> and so I had that name forever and didn't know how to change my account name ever. Steam and so name. There's, <laughs> Steam yeah, Steam name, Steam name. And uh, <laughs> so forever, like, there'd be kids that would want to play and they'd be like, hey, Blake, what's your, like, Steam name? And I'm like, I'm like, ah, I can't remember. So what's yours? <laughs> I'll add you. Um, so it was a lot of awkward moments with that. Uh, so yeah, that's how I got into Dota 2 and we literally were hooked ever since like slowly we just kept playing the game a lot and then we eventually learned there's tournaments and stuff going on. Hmm. Um, eventually got into watching those on Twitch, start once we learned what Twitch was um, and then went to TI5 where EG won um, and yeah, been watching and playing ever since. So you're, you're an EG fanboy? Uh, not of late. Oh, um, is I mean, it their I, logo I, by any chance? Has that strayed <laughs> you away? He can't find his team anymore. He's like, where is yeah, it? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, no, I'm more of like a underdog type rooting for, at least in the Dota scene. Um, yeah, me too. So that's kind of like every time I go into something, I I like to watch uh, the low. Not low level, but like unexpected team. Mm. Like this last qualifier, I watched Blaze with the girl. I was like, oh, I hope they win. Like I was rooting for them um, and things like that. You grew up a Suns fan, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, I did. That's the perfect underdog story right there. Oh, Boy, yeah. Blake. Every single year. Every single Forever. year. Forever. Hey, just to you know, put this in real quick. Devin Booker just made the All-Star team center, and I, I have know. to say this. It's because Great. somebody else got injured, and they said they should put Devin Booker in my place, and that's why they put him in. They heard about him from the podcast. Yeah. Cinder has no idea who I'm talking about. Yeah. Anywho. I know DB. <laughs> yeah, he almost, uh, he almost won the uh, three-point contest. But. Yeah. Oh, that was so close. Anyway, let's yeah, get back really to was. the... I want to go that through your really NFL close. stuff, and then we'll get back into Dota again. So I stopped you earlier when we were talking about the NFL draft. So take us through yes. this process. You were taken in round four, pick 131. Even for myself, I know that like just seeing it on TV casually, there's days of the draft, as opposed to... like I'm more familiar with the NBA, obviously, where they have two rounds, takes a few hours, and it's done. Tell it, how, does it, how does the NFL draft work? Yeah, so basically after the NFL Combine, um, it starts to kind of narrow down. You start to understand what you're valued at, I guess, um, pick-wise. So your agent, uh, my agent basically told me like third or fourth round, you'll end up getting picked. So leading up to the draft, you don't really do anything. There's like maybe little workouts and stuff that teams will fly into, for me, Tucson, and I'll do like a workout at my high school or something. Um, but then basically on the day of the draft, there's, I guess there's three days of the draft. First day is the first round, which is like top of the top. Everyone thinks they're going to be hall of famers. Um, so 32 picks will be picked in the first day. The second day is second and third rounds. And then the last day is the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. Jesus. Seven um, rounds. 
Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so basically, I don't really care about the first day because I was like, um, there's not real possibility I get picked there unless some crazy miracle happens. Um, second day, I watched the third round because there's a potential. Um, so far, there was like five linebackers picked ahead of me. Um, and then the fourth day, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get picked. My agent was like, hey, like early on, like you're going to get picked. It's going to happen. Um, and all of a sudden, like four or five more linebackers get picked ahead of me. And the fourth round is almost over. And I was sitting there on the couch, like watching, waiting for like a phone call or something. And at one point, I like left the room because I was kind of like, that's when it this. happens. Like, yeah, exactly. And so I left the room, went to the bathroom. Um, and just like, kind of like sat in there. I was just like, man, this sucks. Like whatever, just to myself. And then came back out, was just on my phone. And then a phone, like number of rings. And it says like Green Bay, Wisconsin. I was like, wait, what the hell? And so <laughs> I answer it and they're like, Hey, this is the GM at the time, Ted Thompson. He was like, Hey, it's Ted Thompson. Like we're looking to draft you in the next three picks. Um, is this first they verify it's me they're like is this blake martinez say yes um explain to them they're like hey are you injured are you hurt or blah blah, blah anything no like, i was no, just no. in the bathroom <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i might be now but no, like, um yeah so then they basically tell you like hey we're gonna pick you in three picks so get ready congrats you're a green bay packer um, so it was like a lot of, it was a roller coaster ride. It was like, how do they know that a team's not going to take you before that then three picks away? Um, that's insane. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those things. That's why they, so in the NBA or NFL draft, you get like a clock or like a on the clock. And so most teams, so if that eventually happened, like say the team right before all of a sudden picks me, uh, they would have enough time to be able to kind mm -hmm. of change their mind because every team has like a draft board and it'll have like i think like a hundred players on it um and it'll rank them from one to a hundred and basically as like players get picked they'll erase names off there and so most teams will pick like the best available on their draft board and so they'll just end up if I would have got picked, they would have just erased my name and went to the next person. Mm, I see. So you you were talking about how you were expecting to get picked either round three or four. Yeah. Uh, how big of a difference does it make, like in terms of your leverage for negotiating contracts or whatever? Like, would you have been like, "Holy shit, I got picked third. That's awesome," or it's like, "Oh, I got picked. That's great." And why would it be a miracle that you get picked round one? Like, how much does this matter in terms? So, of like, yeah. So basically. First round is like if you get picked in the first to thirty second round or thirty second pick, it basically dollar value is like forty million dollars to about like six million, and so and then also if you're picked in those the first round, you're like guaranteed to start like no matter if you're like the worst player ever, you're going to get a chance and you're going to get multiple <laughs> chances. Yeah, like you could. Right. Yeah, it's just like. A political thing if they're gonna spend that much money on you they're gonna give you a, like a ton of chances and you're kind of like the golden child when you step into the like facilities for the first time type of thing so how and many teams then, are there again so there's 32 there's 32 uh, teams yep right so every team gets okay yeah and so then second round um second and third rounds the dollar so basically second round it's 
most all the picks get like between four to two million dollars in signing bonus. And so that's like an instant, like a lot of money to like start out with. And so also second round, same type of aspects. The earlier you get drafted, the more kind of political kind of backing you have to like mm-hmm. keep getting option like opportunities. And then the third round um, is about like a million to like 700,000. And once again, same type of thing where if you're picked in the first to third round, the team believes that you can eventually start and be a good player. That's kind of like where it's at. And then the fourth round is kind of potential starter, special teams player. Um, So they just kind of, it's like a fill in role where it's like, Oh, if you end up being a starter, we look amazing, but like we see you as potentially just a special teams like player Mm. in NFL. Um, and the dollar value is like 400,000 throughout like the whole, um, round. And then it goes down from there. Like fifth round is like 150,000. Sixth round is a hundred thousand. Seventh round is 50,000. Um, signing seventh bonus. round is free, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have undrafted free agents. Um, after that, that kind of teams will fill their roster with those guys. Um, depending on whoever doesn't get drafted that they ended up liking but didn't like enough to draft them so what generally what generally gets drafted last so my impression is that the first round it's a lot of the times it's a lot if there's like a promising quarterback or uh maybe a receiver position i don't know if that's true like call me out if i'm wrong here um that they are assigned high value what what are assigned like the lower or the later draft picks it's not only based on position right it's also like what your team needs yeah exactly and i think I think really any position get drafted at any time. Um, So there's been times where a kicker was drafted in the first round, which like all kickers do, yeah, is kick the ball and field goal and stuff like that. Um, It's a tough job, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but like they don't bring as much instant value to a team as like like you said, a quarterback or Mm -hmm. a really good wide receiver or an outside linebacker. Um, But yeah, most of the time it's pretty much team needs. And then um, I'd say the later rounds, most of the time is left for like punters and kickers and stuff like that. Where like if a punter gets drafted in the seventh round, everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, where like if any other position was drafted that time, that time it's kind of just like, ah, it's sweet. I got drafted, but like still kind right. of like a bittersweet type thing. So Again, a lot of people that watch or listen to this podcast are not familiar with NFL football. Uh, you're an inside linebacker. Explain what that means. Yeah. Um, so basically my like name, middle linebacker of the defense. And so I'm basically, if you know, somewhat of football is the quarterback of the defense. So I call the plays. Um, I have the headset in my helmet. Um, so the, the coach can talk to me up to 15 seconds on the play clock hmm. and then it shuts off. Um, so I'm kind of the guy that huddles everybody up, tell everybody to play, make all the checks. Um, so my job as a player after the snap is kind of everything. Um, I rush the quarterback, try to get sacks. Um, sacks are when you tackle the quarterback, uh, when he's behind the line of scrimmage, um, tackle the ball carrier, coverage um cover running backs tight ends 
um, kind of, you're just like everything where the guys in front of me, which are the D linemen, they just rush the quarterback, um, stop the run. They don't have to cover it all. And then the guys behind me don't really have to do any of that other stuff. They, all they have to do is cover. Um, so my position kind of lives in both worlds. So Jack of it all sounds trades. Pretty interesting. Of... Oh yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of like room for flexibility and you can be like creative on place. I don't know how much you, you said you coordinate the place. How much of a say do you have in how it gets played? Like do you talk back or are they just telling you what to do and you spread the word to the rest of the team? Or can you like let's try this play or I, I'm really unfamiliar with how strategy is called in this game. So No yeah. Um that's a good question. So basically the it's only a one-way mic, so okay. the coach can talk to me. I can't talk back. Um, I talk back when, but they can't hear me. I say some. Uh, <laughs> That's a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so once I get the call um, throughout the week of practice before the games, each call has a given kind of checks that we have and certain things I can do within the play to change it. Um, so they give me some freedom, obviously not complete freedom to like be like, no, we're not running that, we're running this. Mm-hmm. Um, we still run the play, but I can do certain things to make the play better. Um, and then that sounds from fun. that's oh yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And then it's kind of like a chess or a chess game with me and the quarterback. Like he does the same things back, and I have to try to listen to those things to hear what he's saying, and then try to understand what those mean within the game to change certain stuff that we're doing or uh, other aspect of the strategy is every after every series, we get to go back to the sideline while the offense is out there and they have these iPads that you get and you can go through each play and see like what went wrong. um, If a guy was out of his gap, if the play was just a bad play, um, certain things, a guy missed a tackle or if a guy was in the wrong spot in the coverage Certain things like that. And then you can talk with the coaches and be like, hey, like, that's that time where I get to have the open conversation of like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what he's saying. This is the type of checks he's saying. And also, like, I think that this play is better than what we're calling um, during this look or this play is a really good play that you called. Like, let's call that more. <clears throat> Are you able to call an audible on defense? Is that even a thing? Audible, for uh, yes. those that don't know, is when I, the way that I'm familiar with it is a quarterback on offense. Uh, something is called originally, and then they look at the lineup of, of the, I was going to say the enemies, the opponent, <laughs> and uh, they change it up because they see something that they can uh, take advantage of. So you can kind of do that on defense too? Yeah. So once again, like within each play, we have, it's the same as like on offense. Offense, within a play call, they'll have like, three calls within a play in the huddle. And so like the first one, the first thing the quarterback says is the first play. And then the next two are, they either say like kill or like reload or can can. It's like kind of like universal terms um, to like change to one of those plays. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's certain play calls that we have have multiple plays within it. And so it's like, all right, if we get this look when they come out of the huddle, because defense is more reactionary, where offense is more kind of stationary. Like, hey, we have our our given play. This is what we're going to run. And that's how it goes. And defense is like, okay, we have this play, but we have to react to what the offense is going to end up doing against us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah so once they come out of the huddle there's plays that we have where if it's a certain formation or a certain look that they do certain motions whatever ends up being uh i can change it to a different play to give us a, a better opportunity and hopefully our guess to what they that formation is is right it's pretty interesting um take us through so right now you're technically a free agent which we'll get to in a sec but you obviously were drafted by the green bay packers like you talked about uh first thing i think of with that franchise is the most it's like the actually i was gonna say it's like the lakers of the nfl but that's not true because i hate the lakers and i don't hate the green bay packers at all so the most storied (laughs) franchise they have the most uh super bowls by far if you go back the hundred years that is how was it like so far in your career? You've played three years, I believe. Is that right? Four. Four. Jesus, dude. It's been so long since we met. Holy crap. Um, t- take us through your career so far. Yeah. Um, no, it's been it's been awesome. So kind of going in, once again, going back to the draft part. When I got drafted fourth round, it was kind of just like I understood that they thought I was a special teams player potentially could play in the NFL or in start. Um, and so also to explain special teams is basically like a third phase to football where it's kind of the in-between to an offense or defensive series. So like a kickoff when they kick the ball off to start the game um, or returning the ball and things like that. And so you're kind of like the, the helpers, I guess, of the team. To- I'm not going to lie. I did not know special teams was all different people. I thought it was just the guy that comes in to kick the ball or punt is the only difference. That's crazy. So those people come in like for very short bursts, but they're not really playing for very long. That's crazy. Why would they be called special teams if it's one guy, Shannon? They would be called special guy. (laughs) I thought it'd make him feel better about himself. Special guy (laughs) play. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. All right, sorry. Continue. Interesting. No, yeah. And so basically went in um, and just kind of like. Put my head down, worked hard, basically met with uh, my inside linebacker coach at the time. Um, I've had three different inside linebacker coaches now, but at that point, met with him basically every day, an extra like two or three hours, went over the playbook, learned the playbook inside and out, made sure I knew all the calls, all the checks. Um, And so kind of explained the, the first part when you start on a team or I guess get on an NFL team. You go to this thing called OTAs, Organized Team Activities. And so every basically two weeks is like a new phase. And so the first phase, it's basically there. you have like no contact, no coaches can talk to you. All you do is like weight room stuff. So you lift, you run, do conditioning stuff. Um, And then after those two weeks, you finally can meet with coaches, um, learn the playbook, do those types of things, but all you can do is individual, which is like 20 minutes a day of doing like normal drills, but it can't be against someone else. So you have to do it like by yourself where it's like you run over bags. It's the same thing as basketball. It'd be like in basketball, all you did was shoot free throws. and So no like, contact exactly. uh, training. There's like yeah. no one-on-one. There's no anything. It's just getting better with a football. Like it's you and a football mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, and so then after that, you have actual practices, which is two hours of doing the same thing, individual to start out. And then you finally have team periods, which is basically going against the offense, defense against offense. 
And at that time, I was learning the defense, doing all that stuff. And one of the guys that was a starter got hurt um, my rookie year. And so they put me in. And I started, like, I didn't have the headset at the time, but I still was in there with the first team. And started doing everything right, doing, like, understood the playbook. And next thing I know, they asked me, they're like, hey, do you think you could handle the headset? And it was like two or three weeks into that next phase. Um, and so I started having the headset, started making the communications and all those types of things and earned the respect from that aspect. And then once we ended fall camp, those guys were still injured. And so I kind of got my opportunity from their injury and potentially just kind of earned the starting spot. And from then on started uh, my 10 games, my rookie year out of the 16. And I got hurt the 10th game. So that's why I didn't start the last six. Um, and then going into my second year, it was kind of the same thing again. They wanted to see like who could kind of show up. And so I played or I had to basically beat out like five other guys and won the starting job again. That year led the NFL in tackles. And then um, my third year, we got a whole new defensive coordinator, like which is basically the guy that brings in the whole defense that you need to learn. So we had a whole new defense to learn, um, learn the whole new defense, um, had a new linebacker coach that year, and then ended up being second in tackles in the NFL at that, that year. And then this last year, we, I got a new inside linebacker coach again, <laughs> which basically is like, it's not having a whole new defense to learn, but just having a different philosophy to be like top. It's like, I don't know how to explain it, I guess, but just having somebody, you know the whole defense, but it's having to learn all the, like the fundamentals that they want you to do now. Where like my old coach was like, hey, on this play, I want you to do this. And now this new inside linebacker coach is like, hey, on the same exact play, now I want you to do this other thing that you're not used to. And it's having to like relearn that part of it. Um, and so then this last year happened, um, fourth year, uh, ended up second in the NFL again, the tackles. And then we went to the NFC championship game, um, ended up losing to the 49ers. And now I'm here ready to I, go to free agency. I have a question. So you lost to the 49ers, like you said, and, what is considered to, for the layman's out there, the semifinals of the playoffs, the top exactly. four, right? Yep. Who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? Do you root for the team that beats you so you look better? Because that was kind of my philosophy back in the day when the Suns would lose, I would almost, all, unless it was late. Oh, I thought you were going to say back when you played professional Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't go that, into that. But uh, do you root for the team that beats you so you look better? Like, oh, we lost to the champions, of course. Or are you just rooting for the team because you lost to the Niners? Or yeah, either. that's a good one. So basically, everyone asked me when I was watching it, like, oh, who are you rooting for? Um, so I've kind of said both teams in a sense, just from the aspect, like you said, if the 49ers won, it was like a win-win, I guess, for me, hmm. where if the 49ers end up winning, it was like, okay, we lost to the team that won the Super Bowl. And then also on the other side was like – I don't know, in the NFL history aspect, like the coach, Andy Reid, he's like been in the NFL for, I don't even know how many 
he's been in like 220 something games and never yeah. won a Super Bowl. And everybody loves him. Um, so it's kind of like I want them to win also because it would have been like a cool story. And obviously, mm-hmm. like Patrick Mahomes and all them is really good. And we beat that team during the season. So technically, we're <laughs> Super Bowl champs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think it adds up. So there's uh, like multiple, multiple sides. So I, I didn't have this on a list, but I do have to mention this because it's just too funny. Uh, people that don't know, my girlfriend, Nikki, she's a diehard Niners fan. Okay. I want to ask you about superstitions in the NFL because this is not something that I am too familiar with because in the NBA or just basketball, I mean, you might have some super, like LeBron does the whole powder in the air thing before every game. Like everybody has their regimen. But in terms of like the fan base, there's nothing like crazy superstitious, but I hear it all the time for NFL. Let me tell you what she did, okay? And you tell me if this is normal within the NFL scope. It's not. not. It's not normal. (laughs) <laughs> so she calls herself a diehard 49ers fan. Diehard. Like she was oh, yeah. literally crying when they lost, for example. Okay. But she did not watch one game this year because she is convinced if she watches them, they lose. Is that uh, normal? Would you consider that a normal thing? Oh, um, but, uh, I'm going to have to say <laughs> no. <laughs> just checking you know i had my theories but i just needed to double check well did you i do have to say did you hear about the when the chiefs were in the, the playoffs in the second round of the playoffs basically the quarterfinals mm-hmm. um they played the texans they were down 24 to 0 in the first quarter and one of the guys went viral after this like one of the fans in the stands left the game and posted on twitter like hey guys i'm leaving the game for you like i'm bad luck is this is like the only reason we're down 24 zero is because of me and he left the game and they end up winning the game like 51 to 31 so yeah. they like score 51 like unanswered points basically after the guy left and then like, he became like super famous after this it yeah, so she brought that up as evidence, by the way. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that'd be like the one one situation that helped her out. But like, isn't it? I'm tr- I'm trying to imagine being a fan of something and then not getting to enjoy it has got to be like the weirdest dilemma. Exactly. It's like I love this game so much that I can't watch. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> She's yeah, too stressed out, man. Uh, okay, uh, finishing up with the Green Bay Packers okay. uh, talk. You played. We have to ask this question. You played with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, yep. like first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was uh, it was special. I think like it was the crazy point to go back to when I first walked in the the locker room. It's like a big kind of oval, and it has all the lockers kind of in the surrounding area. And I was looking around, and you see, obviously, Aaron was there. Julius Peppers, he's a Hall of Famer. Clay Matthews, Hall of Famer. Jordy Nelson, potential Hall of Famer, um, just numerous guys. And all of a sudden, my locker was like one down from Aaron's. And I just see like my name. And it was like <clears throat> super cool moment um, for me. And then also to be able to be his teammate. He's a, I mean, a super down to earth dude. Like, obviously, he's really good at football. Um, but he helped me out like a ton throughout my whole time there. Um, whenever I had, ask questions, um, just t- wanted to talk about anything. He was just like up for it. Um, and yeah, he's just a 
it's like the craziest thing. Like normally you think like freak of nature is like six, eight, just like yoked out, just can throw <laughs> a dude down with one arm. But like he was a freak of nature and just being able to throw the ball. Like there'd be times at practice, there's like a little net, probably like, I don't know, probably like this big that would just fit a football in and he would throw it 50 yards and make it right into the net. Good and Lord. you're just like, what is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Disgusting so, human being. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's uh, really good at football. Cool. Uh, so you're a free agent now. I don't know how that works in the NFL at all. Yeah. So talk to us about that. So basically, um, depending on, once again, what round you're drafted in. So if you're drafted in the first round, you can have a fifth year option, um, which Basically, after four years, the team can give you a fifth-year option, which then you have to play out the fifth year. You have no choice. Um, but if you're drafted in the second to seventh round, uh, after four years, your contract's over. There's no fifth-year option or anything. Um, so basically, going into this year, I could have extended with the Packers, depending on if we both agreed on a contract extension, uh, but couldn't do anything with any other teams. And then basically now that this season's over, um, I'm in like a waiting period. So technically the football season's over, but the league year isn't over. So Mm -hmm. like I'm still within my fourth year um, Mm -hmm. until March 18th. And so leading up to that time, um, it's kind of just like you're in limbo um, waiting for my agent to get like have conversations with other teams to see. Um, do they think I'm a good player? Do they think they need me? Um, kind of the same situation as the draft, but there's more um, leeway for me and more kind of leverage for me because I get to choose what team I'm on now mm-hmm. um, from cool. interests out there. And so basically how the next couple of weeks go, like on the 28th, um, or the combine's coming up again. And so during that time, Agents will have conversations with other teams saying like, seeing, oh, do you want Blake to be on your team? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what's the cap space, which is basically how much money they can spend that year on players. Um, And then on the 28th, the teams can franchise tag one player, which is basically giving them a dollar amount where it's kind of complicated, but like they take the top five from that position. So like, for inside linebackers, they would take the top five contracts and average out the how much they'd make in that one year, and that's how much you would get for that year. Mm. And so, like, I think right now it'd be like $15 million you'd get for one year if you were franchise tagged by a team as an inside linebacker. Mm. And so once that's all done, um, most teams will, like, give extensions to players on their team that they want to keep. Um, release players, which has kind of already happened. Teams are like releasing players to open up salary cap and things like that. Um, it'll keep going on. And then basically March 11th through the 18th is like the tampering period. So right now, no team is really allowed to like have conversations with me, um, have conversations about my contract, anything um, until the 11th through the 18th. And that's kind of where my agent steps in. Um, talks to teams, see, okay, hey, like how much would you want Blake for? How many years? How much money? Um, and then once the 18th happens is basically when I become an unrestricted free agent 
And most of the time, if you're like a top prospect, uh, your deal basically gets done within that day or like the, the next day. Um, so basically, I'm hoping that when March 18th comes around, I'll basically have a contract to sign or um, something in the works at that time. Okay. Um, so what was I going to say? So it sounded like based on the, you sounded like you had some really good stats over the last couple of years in terms of tackling. Um, if you, I, I guess this is a hard question to answer, but I'm trying to bridge the gap here a little bit for people that maybe aren't as much into NFL. If you imagine across, you sound like, you know, quite a bit about professional Dota. So which pro Dota player are you right now in terms of leverage? Like, let's say you could pick any player in the world that you feel like is in a similar position to you if they were to not play for their team anymore tomorrow. Who would you, where would you place yourself? Like, in, okay. in how, what prospects do you think you have? Like, are you Samael or are you, you know, someone further down? Or, like, I'm pretty sure most people would say Samael is like crazy prospects right now, right? If he wasn't with OG, like, oh, where, yeah. where do you place yourself? Like, you said in the start you were expecting to, to, to be drafted in the middle. Do you feel like you've gone up or down? It sounds like you've gone up, at least. No, yeah. In terms of yeah. That, so. I think I've definitely gone up. Um, so basically, I'd say, I don't know if there's a technically like a person I can think of, but I'd say like if there was, if there was three like top, I'd say mid laners in Dota, mm-hmm. like free right now, like that's in the pool that I'd be in. Okay, that's pretty good. That's really so. Good. It's, it's basically like right now. It's like there's three of us um, that are like at the top, and it's just kind of like team fit. Where it's like, okay, do we want a guy that does X, Y, and Z, or do we want Blake that does ABC, or do we want this other guy that does whatever DEF? And that's kind of like where it'll be the kind of discrepancy once it gets to the free agency aspect. Hmm. So you're very, very hopeful. About oh, yeah. something great. That's yeah. Awesome. No, it should be should be good. So last question specific about the NFL before we go more into Dota. Um, is there anything that has surprised you so far? So think back to your pre-NFL days and what you yep. kind of expected or envisioned the NFL would be like. Is there anything that has like surprised you beyond belief? Or is it kind of as expected for the most part? I'd say... I'd say the business aspect is the biggest thing that surprised me. Um, I thought it was more, it wasn't as crazy as it is where like every week you see, you'll see a guy and you'll be like, Oh, Hey, what's up Suns fan? Like you're awesome. Hey, nice to meet you. Where are you from? You're from, Oh, cool. Phoenix. And then like a week later, it's like, where the hell did Suns fan go? And mm. it's like, Oh my gosh. Like they just cut him. They released him for whatever music, like whatever. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's many reasons. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that <laughs> Thanks for cutting me in your theoretical. uh, (laughs) (laughs) But you basically just like meet people. Yeah. Like, and I think that's one aspect. And then I think uh, from the outside looking in, you think certain people are certain ways. Mm -hmm. And once you get to meet them, they're, it's, I think that's the craziest aspect is where like they're just normal people. Um, They're nothing like, we're like, as a fan, I was like, oh my gosh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh my gosh, like Clay Matthews. Or like the first time I played against Tom Brady. And it's like, <laughs> have those certain like aha moments. Um, and you're just like, 
what the heck? And but then you after the game you talk to them, they're just like, hey, what's up? Great game. Like you played awesome and those types of things. And it's just like, oh, cool. Like these dudes are like just normal, everyday human beings that talk about the same stuff, interested in somewhat of the same stuff. Not many people are or slowly more people are getting more interested in esports, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Oh yeah. Um, well, actually, let's talk about that now. So, do any teammates, or not just teammates, let's say NFL peers, yeah. does anyone know anything about Dota specifically? Not esports, just Dota. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the the All only right, person thanks, in thanks the NFL coming, that Blake. plays. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, probably. Actually, I probably I think so. Um, most most people that I talk to like. Every single person knows about League of Legends. Of course. And yeah. so it's like anybody I talk to, I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's just like League of Legends. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Because like I watch it pretty much all the time. Like if I'm sitting in my locker, I'll watch Twitch. Like I'll watch most of the time. Honestly, Cinderin, I'm watching you in the morning when I'm at treatment. Oh, like, that's it's sick. Like, like the time like Hell matches yeah. up. So like I'll be I'll just be watching you and Kezu like all the time. And I think it's hilarious. Um, so I watch yours all the time. Then like, things can only go better at practice after. So that's great. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like, I'm literally watching all the time. Whenever we get done with practice, I'll be in like our hot tub, cold tub thing that we have to like recover. And like, that's most of the time where players will be like, Blake, what the hell are you watching? Because <laughs> um, they literally tell me like, you're watching that all the time. And like, are you playing or are you just watching? And I'm like, oh, I'm playing. Like, I'm watching. And they're like, why? Like, why aren't you just playing? I'm like, it's. Basically, the best way I can explain is that people that don't play video games is just like you literally have your favorite TV show like playing 24-7 and you get to watch it all the time. And then also, it's like you're able to, if you're in my position, like you're able to watch me practice all the time Mm -hmm. and get to learn like new things and get better at the game by watching all these like top players play. Um and like that's not something you normally get in any other kind of situation. I mean, I could play basketball or I could watch it. I'm a fat mess. I want to watch basketball. I'm done. Playing. I want to watch you, you know? play basketball. That's exactly. another story. So that'd that. be good. But it's uh, like if you were able to watch Devin Booker 24 7 oh, shooting yeah. basketball hoops. Boy, I'd be a real creeper. But yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> he actually streams. Exactly. Uh, he streams some. He's a COD player. He's really oh, good, nice. surprisingly. Really? But he uses a controller, I'm pretty sure. So he goes down a couple notches in my book. Yeah, That's true, okay. True, true. Uh, do you think that there is a stigma still? I mean, there is. But how big of a stigma is there towards, uh, like, in your industry for the NFL specifically, towards, like, esports in general? Like, do the players, are, are they more understanding? And then management is just, like, you know, just old men that obviously have no clue. Is that kind of how it is? Or is there more of a mix than I'm giving you credit for? I think for me, I kind of get the old man vibe of our kind of organization. <laughs> um, there's been there's moments where I was with our owner, or I guess we don't have an owner, so our president, um, and basically talking to him about esports and stuff like that. And he was just kind of like, none of our fans would want to be a part of esports because they have no idea what it's about. They just think it's like something to kind of not. To, be rude about esports, but he basically was like, it's basically all they think is like, that's what their lazy kids do. That's <laughs> like, He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you should so like, fight any, me. See how exactly, lazy I am. Exactly. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so. But do it, you see it changing? Packers, like slowly? Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent. I think that was like the more annoying fact for me is when Fortnite became huge. Ugh. Like every single one of my teammates were like, "Oh, I, I love esports. Like I know all about it." And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Like it took me so much to like be quiet, but because um, yeah, I was like Fortnite is not an esports like. But anyways, yeah, and so it's just kind of like that aspect was tough, but a lot of people are getting more and more into it and seeing the kind of rise of it as it keeps growing. Uh, we've talked about this before, but there's a lot of parallels between that you can compare between esports and traditional sports. Does anything jump out to you as like it's actually very similar between the two now that you're actually playing professionally uh, in the NFL? Um, something that for me is like I think the the fundamental aspects is like the biggest thing that people don't kind of see. They just like mostly just think like, oh, you're just playing a video game. But like within Dota, you have like early landing stages, mid game, late game, which is just like the easiest way to explain that. But like also you have last hitting, you have stacking, you have denies, you have certain things working within each other. Like say the safe lane has your support and your carry. Um, You have certain things you have to communicate and do within that lane or I know a lot of time I'm watching streams and they're like, oh my gosh, like we already lost this lane like 20 seconds in. And so <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, so you have so many aspects of the game. Obviously. Sounds like you watch Kezu's stream a lot. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then like, obviously each aspect, um, each kind of position, whether it's hard support, um, normal support to off lane to mid lane, you have so many aspects that you have to understand within each role. Um, what to do, certain timings, which is like the same thing as, at least for me, football. It's like, okay, me as a middle linebacker, I have my footwork I have to do, my certain things I have to do um, pre-snap, post-snap, communicating to my other guys next to me, um, all those kind of things that incorporate. And that's why I kind of liked Dota and grew to Dota so quickly um, was because of that aspect and like working together as a group instead of, okay, I'm just going to log into this game and play by myself and beat, I don't know, like Pokemon, or I'm just going to like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's a lot more aspects to it. Do you want to feel like... Oh, go ahead. Okay, can I quickly, an extension to this? Mm Because something that I I have never played at a high level in any sport, but something that I personally feel like there would be a really big similarity in would be the mental game, right? Like the human element where the whole thing about being nervous or stress or having a down period or having an upward period where like so many things that you do in the game actually happen outside of the game. Do you feel like it's the same way in sports? Because we have in Dota and in esports in general, we've had this like huge surge of the importance of coaching where for five years ago, it was almost nothing in Dota, like maybe one or two teams had a coach. And now if you're a top 10 team in the world, you will have a coach, maybe top 20 even at this point, like people are starting to understand how much it matters, what happens outside the game. Like for you, for example, I don't know, you, you're you're posing all these big stats and everything. Have you had games or or days where you've just been like, man, this sucked, man. I did not play well today. And like what pulls you back up similar to that? Do you feel like that's a one-to-one between esports and regular sports? Or is there like, is it even bigger for you or is it smaller for you, the mental game? 
Yeah, I think it is. I think at the highest level of Dota and the highest level of the NFL, I think it's pretty much the same. I think um, for me, there's moments where it's like things can either it's teammates that make me mad, coaches that make me mad, um, certain strategic calls that make me mad. Um, it's kind of the same thing where it, it affects you so much or even outside where it's like I had a new, I basically had Kinsley, my daughter, um, going into my third year. And that whole aspect mentally kind of changed me where it was, I was kind of not to myself because I still had my wife, um, but now all of a sudden I had to have that aspect put into it. And now I have that on my mind and I have those types mm-hmm. of things that would affect me where say in a Dota game or a Dota player has kind of the same thing. It is going to affect them in the game and the same aspect where you have, uh, I, we put it as like you're in the zone, like you mm-hmm. literally nothing can affect you. It's the same thing in Dota. You see players that like multiple times where they get kicked and they'll end up on another team and all of a sudden they get a thrive and now they're in the zone. They're playing extremely, like extremely better um, than they normally were and those types of things. And yeah, it's, I think pretty much the same type of aspects as high professional, normal, traditional sports and esports. I think the biggest difference that I can think of is when you're tilted in football, you can at least beat the fucking shit out of somebody. <laughs> you can actually take the aggression out, whereas we're stuck with our keyboards. You know, that's you all. Right back to the locker room. You're next to Aaron. You're like, I'm going to beat your fucking face. <laughs> it's going down uh, right now. So have you ever had, I kind of know the answer to this, but have you ever had any interest in owning an esports team in the future? Like Jeremy yes. Lin? Yes, I do. Um, I think for me, it'll be like a it'll be a different way of getting to that point than I think Jeremy Lin went with it. It kind of went into just owning an esports team, where I think I, a lot of people know 100 Thieves um, organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of started with one team, but also had content creators, which kind of grew their popularity. Um, obviously, they have brands where they sell clothing and all those types of things. And I think that's where I kind of envision myself, where it it grows through certain aspects, whether it's content creation, those types of things. And then it would grow into being able to start a team in Dota 2, start a team in um, CSGO, start a team in COD, um, those types of things. Because I think right now, um, my biggest complaint with the esports scene is owning a team turns into, all right, here's all my money, go play games and nothing gets to grow besides like you guys get to just go and play dota or get to go and play csgo and i think to be able to start an organization you kind of have to start building that foundation that allows those things to grow instead of okay i'm just going to own this team for a year until my money runs out or until the players become better and all of a sudden they go to a team that's actually a branded team that has a well-known organization whatever say like eg or even if 100 thieves made a team they would just instantly leave and i have nothing to do about it Mm -hmm. yeah i'm trying to think jstorm obviously i don't have any inside information on this but i don't even know what their plan was to begin with. it just felt like they were just a team like there was nothing else behind it right because 
as far as I know, they went bankrupt. That's why they're no longer. Like, I don't know if it has something to do with Jeremy Lin not being in the NBA anymore. So obviously not making that ridiculous yeah, money. Um, but sure. I'm pretty sure he still makes good money in China or where I th- you think he's overseas now. But anyway, yeah. yeah, it's and I think it was only Dota, if I'm not mistaken. And Dota by itself yes. is not a great game to have as a sole thing for an esports team. I feel like at least not right now. Yeah, it's definitely um, a, a tough aspect of that. What are your? You've been playing a lot of Dota recently. Yes. What are your thoughts on the the patch? The the neutral. Let's just go back to whenever they put in neutral items after TI. Do you like it? Yes, there's a lot of them. Um, it took me a long time <laughs> to yeah. to learn them all. Um, I was kind of mad though because like. I couldn't play Dota for a while when the first patch came out because we were still like playoff season and stuff. And so like I'd be watching and like it was after a certain point in time where like casters stopped like hovering over the item to show what it does mm. because like they've done it so much already. And so like I'd be like, oh, Havoc Hammer. And I'm like, okay, sick. Like, what does that do? <laughs> that one you don't need to know, thankfully. It's so good. No. It's always in the backpack every time. So don't... <laughs> but it'd be like random things. I'm like, what the heck is going on in this game? Um, so it's just, it was interesting. I, I think now that I've played more um, recently, I've, I've liked it. Um, I think not having the shrines has been better, in my opinion. Just, I don't know, it, it opens it up more. I think... Um, the biggest thing is that the new, I guess, what they call outposts now. Um, I don't know. I don't like that it takes, what, six seconds to TP there. But <laughs> I think that aspect is still cool because it adds, like, another kind of, just as, like, bounty runes or any of those types of things, it causes another kind of altercation between teams or, like, a, a, a fight to happen. And so it adds those moments to to games that makes it more interesting for me to watch, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. I think play-wise, I don't really know too much strategy-wise behind how much that goes into it, but play like watching-wise, I think it makes it more entertaining. Yeah, so that's actually the, really interesting. Um, <clears throat> one of the... Damn. Okay, my voice. Okay, <clears throat> here, we, here we go. <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the complaints that some people have had, or one of the concerns, rather, with this introduction of bounty runes and outposts, and then when we also had the shrines at the same time, was... Uh, one of the things that you're like celebrating here with moments happening. Some people said it was stifling creativity because you were like forcing these moments where you kind of have to fight for the outpost. You kind of have to fight for these boundary runes. Do you True. feel like? Do you feel like the values right now are at a point where it's? It doesn't feel like okay, we didn't get an outpost, we lost the game, or okay, they got four bounty runes this one time, the game's just over. Like, do do you think there's a healthy balance now where you can be creative and not feel like you have to contest everything every time? Or I guess what I'm getting, what do you favor? Like, do you think it's cooler that teams can be more creative or that there's like more guaranteed action every game for people to see? I like the, I like the balance of it. Cause I feel like it's, it's like kind of the same thing as like the NFL, like when they add certain rules in to like make more scoring, mm-hmm. but then it like makes it harder on the defense. There's still some balance to it that like, if you're a good defense, you're still going to like win the game or like help win the game or something like that. We're like in Dota, there's certain balance where it's like, okay, even if we don't get these, like to start the game or like even mid game, whatever ends up being, if we don't get these four bounty runes, we still are a better team that like we can overcome this and still Mm -hmm. have a shot to like win the game. And so I think that's 
that's better than forcing it. I think of like, okay, let's make these bounty runes a thousand gold each every time you get them <laughs> to like make every like five on five fights. Right. Um, so I think it's a cool aspect, but like you said, as long as there's a balance that like EG can't lose to, I don't know, my stack of friends because we got a bounty room. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Last question before we go on to trivia. This one might be a longer one. Uh, to you, what does the future of Dota look like? Uh, do you think that Valve needs to step up their marketing game, aka going from literally zero to something? Or is it? <laughs> do you think the lack of players, the lack of interest has to do more with uh, just MOBAs not being as in favor as they used to be, or maybe too many big patches that people have to relearn? Like, There's a lot of factors here. What do you think the future yeah. is? the future good for Dota, in your opinion, or... Is it kind of on its slow decline? Um, I think it's I think it's good, but also I think just like anything else, they need to keep adapting because I think every single kind of age group or generation, however you want to put it, has a kind of niche game. Just like Fortnite was huge for the fourteen-year-olds or whatever, um, <laughs> and a few select streamers and things like that, um, but. For the most part, it like had that time and then it kind of went away. Um, they still do updates. It still is like obviously a popular game. But like same with Dota, it's like you're still going to have that same niche people that play it from, say, all of us that in our age group or in stuff like that down to, say, whoever the youngest player is, 18. And it's just kind of like going to stay in that kind of realm unless... <laughs> something is added to it to kind of make an interesting aspect where all of a sudden it's Dota players are part of a Super Bowl commercial or mm. Dota <laughs> players are part of, you know what I'm saying? And it starts growing mm. in that aspect that other people that aren't just like, oh, my brother played Dota, so I play mm. Dota now. And now it's like, oh, okay, I saw Dota on a Super Bowl commercial or Dota's part of, a, has sponsors by Bud Light or something. And now I saw it in a Bud Light commercial and Dota players are starting now to be on commercials that kids are starting to see. And it's like, oh, I want to I want to play. I want to be like that guy. Or, I want to drink that Bud Light. That sounds delicious. Bud Light. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a bad, I feel like it's a bad thing, but like anything like Snickers, candy, I don't know, something. Okay. So you think that the, so you think that Valve Getting should drunk do... with Dota players sounds fun. <laughs> I want to play Dota. I mean, that's an interesting point because that's something that we kind of overlook sometimes is, uh, Obviously, there's a certain demographic that's focused on in terms of like the player base, right? You start at a certain age, and we aren't really getting any younger. And as people get older, they get more responsibilities. They will probably play games less, or they'll just gravitate toward another game. It's just kind of natural. We're not really bringing new people in. That's exactly. what it feels like, at least. Like The way that you got into the game is because your friends kind of peer pressured you into it. You weren't even exactly. interested to begin with, right? It's like, eh, exactly. it's whatever. But then you got into it and it was obviously very complex and that attracts a lot of people. All right. After that, uh, you guys have absolutely no idea that there was a break. But uh, 
Apparently, Blake was stricken by the Windows update into destruction of computer. He's actually on a different exactly. computer entirely yeah, now. It's literally it's, it's destroyed. It's blowing up right now. It's been three days. It's, it's very yes. Yeah, three this is three days, days later. later now. A lot has happened. Uh, but actually, it came at a decent time because we were actually done with the regular portion of the podcast, and we're just going to end with trivia. So let's do that. So this is very important. Again, just like the the rapid fire questions, Blake. I'll be asking you and Cinder and trivia questions. Whoever gets the most wins the episode. Okay. Oh, okay. If there's a tie, it goes to our guest because Cinderin uh, is a real piece of garbage that never does anything I want. After looking at these questions, there's only three, I believe, for each person. I believe Blake's may be a bit harder, and I apologize in advance, but here we go. All right, Cinderin. What differentiates the Packers versus every other team in any professional sport for the United States? Ooh, they are fan owned. Damn it! I knew it. I knew you. You guys gave you gave him the answer before I was gone. (laughs) (laughs) So that is actually a very cool thing. So community owned. It's owned by I believe. Let's see, three hundred and sixty thousand stockholders. You get apparently Blake. They get. Uh, for like stockholder meetings or whatever, they put everybody in the stadium. Is that actually a thing? Yeah. And they vote like A and nay. Yeah, they have ballots and stuff. Yep. Oh, that is so. See, cool. that's why I was it's talking fucking to amazing. The, it's the president so about having an esports team, and he was like, nobody would vote <laughs> for that <laughs> meeting because yeah, nobody knows what esports is in there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. You have to wait for the next generation. Okay, Blake. According to Liquipedia. One of Cinderin's first teams was formed in 2009 for original Dota. They were later picked up by Online Kingdom. What was the team's name before they were picked up by Online Kingdom? Was it A, Ice Frog Enthusiasts, B, Young Onions, C, The Shit, all in caps with an exclamation point, or D, Offline Kingdom? Uh, I'm going with B. B, Young Onion. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> he named his dog after Onion, not his team. <laughs> the correct answer is C, The Shit. Now, I need to hear the story behind this real no quick. No way. I never knew this. Yeah, I thought so, that was literally just like a... <laughs> yeah, so the worst we, name. So we... um. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but you, I mean, you're American. You both know the saying that something is the shit, right? And then it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the way we had our, we just had our nicknames, and then it was in one word. It was just our nickname is the shit. That was it. That that's the story. It's not really that that cool. But wow. if you look Amazing. at it in isolation, it sounds like okay, their team is shit. <laughs> the shit. <laughs> and especially, <laughs> especially people without the same like understanding of English or whatever. People are like, why did you name your team shit? <laughs> so that was Good stuff. Funny. Yeah. Uh, all right, Cinderin. What is Blake's most played hero? Is it A. Viper, <sighs> B. Bloodseeker, C. Techies, D. Storm Spirit. I've watched a little bit of Blake's stream. I actually think he played Viper. So I'm going to go with Viper. Incorrect. It is actually Storm Spirit with 149 matches and a 53.69% win rate. 69. That's That's right. Uh, Is that your favorite hero, Blake? Or have you transitioned away from it? Uh, I've transitioned away from mid. 
Um, but yeah, it was, it was my favorite hero because watching uh, players play it, it just seemed like the hardest hero to play at the time and like mm-hmm. the most effective hero to like just kind of take over games. And so I was like, I'm going to learn this hero. I'm going to play as many games as it takes to get good at this hero. But yeah, it is my favorite hero. Okay. Uh, Cinderin. Yes. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Blake. Why what would is... you ask me again, Shannon? <laughs> Blake, what is Cinderin's most played hero? Is it A, Clockwork, B, Pudge, C, Techies, D, Night Stalker? Pudge. Incorrect. It is Clockwork. <laughs> no. 300, 385 matches, 52.73% win rate. But that's not your favorite hero, Cinder. What is your favorite hero right now? My favorite hero right now is Void Spirit. I'm having so much fun playing Void Spirit support. I just remember when uh, so. Cinderin almost got the Milk Award on Pudge. So that's why I picked that one. <laughs> oh, dude, I remember. <laughs> you remember that game? That's really. I watched that game. That thing was hilarious. Like, <laughs> that's incredible. You guys, you still were like, it was like, I remember the commentators be like, he's still effective, even though he's like 0 19. <laughs> I had so many deaths and so much damage done in that game. I oh, remember yeah. it was pretty funny. <laughs> All right, last question, Cinderin. What is Blake's height? You can give it in imperial or metric. Oh, Blake. Don't look it up. I'm I just saw to... you change screens, by the way. I could see. <laughs> I, cl- <laughs> I have a tick. I clicked the outlines tab, Shannon. Okay, uh-huh. Now I'm looking at my okay. emails. Uh, anything yeah. for inspiration. I'm trying to remember when we met in person in at Captain's Draft, if you were taller than me or not. And I think you weren't. I'm going to go with 190 centimeters, which is six foot three. All right, he is six foot two, which equates to one point eight eight meters, aka one hundred eighty-eight centimeters. Unless it's Close. changed, is Wikipedia correct, Blake? No, <laughs> you right. grew. That is right. That is right. <laughs> okay, just checking. All right, <laughs> so you were incorrect. So this is your one chance to tie the game and thus win it, Blake. No pressure. Okay. What is Cinderin's height? You can give it an imperial, <laughs> since us Americans can't do metric. Let's go with. Well, he was definitely taller than me at Caps' draft. Six. Five. Oh. Six, four. Oh, my AKA, God. Was... <laughs> AKA 1.93 meters. All right. I'll give you a, a second chance here. What is my height? And we both guess or what? Oh, I can't even remember. Yeah, you can both guess. We both this, guess and whoever's wild... closer well, wins. Let okay, Blake go like first because you might. I, 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 like I don't you. know. Oh, I actually okay. don't know. I don't know. I feel like, were we the same height? I can't even remember. I'm going to go with 6-1. Okay, Cinderin. Shit, I'm, I'll do 180 centimeters, but I think that's also 6'1", so that's a boring answer. <clears throat> Let me see. All right, what's the highest number of inches you can be before it's the next foot? Is that 5'11"? Yeah. No, 6. Between 6 foot 1? Oh, yeah, of course. Never no, mind. Six. So 6. Oh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll say 6 feet. Then. You could say 5'12", yeah. if you'd like. Uh, that's not <laughs> acceptable. I'll say 6. Uh, Blake is correct. It's six foot one, aka no. one point eight five meters. Congratulations, Blake Quincy. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Blake, Didn't thanks I for coming say, I on, buddy. One eighty five, actually. Sinner, and you're always list. wrong. That's that's what we've God learned today. It, man. Uh, you can Blake follow Blake on Twitter at Big 
double underscore Blake 50. Uh, he is verified, so it shouldn't be too difficult to find these days. Uh, Blake, any any final words? Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. That was, uh, it was awesome. Uh, thanks for having me on, and I'll be uh, watching you guys' stream. And also, Suns fan, I need to play that custom game. Oh, yeah. Pogalicious. Because oh, I have delicious. a lot of free time now. So Sick, bro. I always have to play. Yeah, we wish you all the luck in free agency. We hope you become a very wealthy young man. Uh, you'll have to visit. <laughs> Your off season is an hour away from me. I expect a visit because God knows I'm not going to coming to Tucson. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to come to Tucson. Nobody's going to Tucson. I'll definitely, I'll definitely be up there. So I'll, we'll make sure we make a plan to come up Sounds there. Good. And then if I'm at the Cardinals, then we'll just hang out all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, although that is a bit of a drive, but that's okay. I'll make it for you. Yeah, it's, probably, yeah, it's out of the way. It's like and then, the back side of Phoenix. Yeah. The okay. So this is how we end every episode. In case you weren't aware, Blake. But Cinderin, have you watched In Bruges by any chance? No. No. Thank. Blake, have you seen that movie? In Bruges. No. All right. Is it? I mean, why would he, Shannon? Why would he have watched that? What? What, do what you is mean? it? Is it like, like on Netflix? Is it on like? Is uh, it... It... It actually might like be on Netflix guy. right now. It might be. <laughs> it's a movie with Colin Farrell. Uh, it's like ten years old. It has uh, just trust me. It, do you have you seen Snatch? Yeah. It's like a god tier version of Snatch. So if you like Snatch, I like Snatch. It's like so that type of that. a movie, except it's literally the best of all time. It's my top five movie of all time. And Cinder has like not Snatch. watched it. And Bruges. In like no, no, but I I like Snatch too. So. Bruges is spelled B-R-U-G-E-S, by the way. Us Americans have a hard time with that. Um, very like fucking it. good movie. Guaranteed that you'll like it. All right, anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you, Blake, for coming on. Appreciate it. Good luck in free agency, my good friend. Thanks for having me. Until next time, Suns fan, Cinder, and Blake signing out. Goodbye. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.